Hello, hello, and we are back, and we are the Run Duo. I am Tommy Mitchell. And what's up, guys? I am India Cook. And this is episode 69. What's going on, India? 69, 69. I am doing well. How are you, Tommy? I'm doing good. I've been relaxing. I took a little time off after that uh, half marathon. Uh, oh, did you? Okay. Race. Yeah, I, 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 I've been taking it easy uh, since then, so I'm going to get back into it because I, I know we got some heels coming, but we'll talk about that later. Um, how was your race experience, India? The race, it was actually really, really good. Um, I enjoyed my, well, I didn't even, you know what? I never even said anything about this on social media. I think I was so embarrassed. So I was really excited about the race and I went mm-hmm. out and saw you, Tommy. I did the 5K and you did the half. Mm-hmm. Tommy, about 10 steps in, and this may be a little TMI for some people, but this is a big deal for me. About 10 steps in to me starting the race, the charge app had started and everything. My sports bra had a malfunction. What? <laughs> yes. The zipper busted open in the front. And I literally had to like stop. And the ladies that were running like right behind me literally had to like cover me so that I could get myself together. It was so embarrassing. But it ended up being a great day. I ran really, really well that day. I caught a cramp on the way back. I thought I was going to be able to do a PR, but it was a really good run um, despite that malfunction and me basically running kind of uncomfortably because I was worried about it happening again. Mm. (laughs) But yes, um, it was a good day. We have to, you know, us ladies have to take care of that stuff and make sure that we're having um, good Good bras. I really like that bra. I just think I didn't have it clipped right the first okay. time. I well, India, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna call foul on you then because I watched your 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 uh blog, your blog yes. on the race. Yes. I did not see that highlight. So I was so well, embarrassed. I'm a little upset was- that that highlight didn't make the tape. So, but anyway. Well- I was so embarrassed. I did not talk about it because I was just like, oh my goodness. And you know, I actually was like, you know, let me just forget about that. This ha- did this actually happen? But there you go. There's an exclusive that I did not put in my recap. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I enjoyed the uh race. It was nice. Um, we we both went to the Obama the uh, Michelle Obama trail um to do our virtual races. You did the 5K, like you said, and I did the half. Um, mm-hmm. it was nice because um you know, they had, the, you know, it wasn't a lot of people out there, but it was a good number of people. Um, it was good to see people. We took photos. Uh, we had water and bananas and things, you know, once it was done. Um, that was the first time I'd ever run on the Michelle Obama Trail. It's nice. It's a little secluded. I, it's very I was, secluded. Yeah, it's, it's a, I mean, I was a little like, I don't know if I do this at dusk, but um yeah. No, 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 no. It's not a trail to be caught out at at all out there yeah. yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I definitely say run with a buddy. Um, it was kind of cool. It ran along a golf course, which I had to find out the name of the golf course. It, was, it looked like it was very well kept. So I'm, I think we're going to play some rounds over there uh, pretty soon because I, I, I did like the way the golf course looked. But uh, And the turnaround was nice. I almost got lost. Literally, a young lady came to my rescue because it comes out on a street like halfway through. It comes mm-hmm. out on the street right by um, Barack Obama. I think it's a middle school, yeah. middle school. So it comes out right there by Barack Obama Middle School, mm-hmm. and you have to cross the street. But I didn't see it, so I was about to keep running straight, like down whatever road I was on. And she was like, "No, <laughs> make this left," and you know she got me back on the right track. But all in all, I thought it was a nice trail. Um, it was, you know, I'd never run over there before. I like any, I like anything where you don't have to, you know, wait for traffic lights and things like that. So it was pretty cool. 
Yeah, I think it was really, really nice. And like you said, to see everybody else out there, I think it was a good 20 of us at least out there. So it was a nice little turnout. Yeah, it was a, it was a nice turnout. I, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed, you know, seeing people I hadn't seen, you know, in, in quite a while. Yes. And something that I enjoyed too was the Charge app. I know that that was something that, um, that was very different. So I, I know that Tess is the race director of the race. She was very adamant about making this race experience, this virtual race experience, not like any other. Um, and the Charge app was something that assisted with that. And the Charge app actually allowed us to hear people that were running and racing and hear people's names. And I know for me, Tommy, it was good for me to hear people names that I knew that were running and I, and they were saying when people were halfway or once they finished. So it was really good to hear people's name in your ear and get, get those virtual cheers. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. I did the half marathon, um, the one in my ear and, you know, the coaches and the people they had on there were very upbeat. The music was good. Um, cause from what Tess told me, they curated the music themselves. So the music was good throughout the whole run. Um, I didn't set mine up right, so they didn't actually, I think I set mine up like, because you can do either actual a runner or a spectator, so you don't actually have to be like on the run, you can just listen in if you want to, but I mm -hmm. think I set mine up, um, I think I set mine up like I was a spectator, because uh, they didn't call my name at all, and then at the end it didn't show my time or anything, so I think they had gotcha. to. So you just set it up wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think so, I don't know, um, but I, I enjoyed listening to it, I really wasn't, didn't care if they said my name, but. Once I finished, I kind of noticed that it didn't have my my, my time. Right, right, definitely. But it was a very good experience, and I appreciate um, appreciate Tess and everyone that's a part of the race for putting it on and doing what they could to make sure that it was a great event. Yeah, definitely. And if you missed um, anything, because uh, the Run Duo was honored in being the host of the uh, of the speaker series excelled by the Citizens Trust Bank. Um, we were the hosts of that. So if you missed any of the panels, you can go to the Running Nerds uh, YouTube page and she'll be uh, posting those. Tess will be posting those. Um, I think she said she's going to post it a couple of times throughout the week uh, so you can take a look at it. And the panels were really good. I mean, if you missed, I, I, I was able to do the kickoff one um, with the business owners and it was great. I really enjoyed speaking to them and, and I mean, listening to their stories and, you know, their personalities coming out. It was really nice to kind of get there to kind of ask some questions. I asked because one guy, Relieve It, who, which he took a, um, he was from Barbados and he took this um, tree sap, I think is what he said, but he's made it into um, like an ointment for like sore muscles, things like that. And just hearing his story and how he brought it to market was very interesting. Um, there was a store owner um, of the uh, black family that they own their own running store. So I, I would definitely say, go take a look into that family. Definitely, definitely. And it's always good to hear from different people on how they got their businesses started and up and running and kind of what their their uh, motivation was to do so. So it was definitely a really good panel. I watched it live, Tommy. You did a great job, sir. <laughs> I just enjoy talking to people. So it's, yeah, always, I know you did. <laughs> it's always good to talk to people. And then, of course, our panel um, that we did with the po other podcasters. Um, and then, of course, your uh, a talk with Alphine was great. Yeah. You know, you got a chance to, to talk to uh, an, an Olympic uh, marathon trials champion. So that's always great. Yeah, that was a really good time. I Like I said, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I think all of the panels that were facilitated that day were really, really good. 
Yeah. So if you do want to get, like I said, go to the Running Nerds uh, YouTube page, and there you can go ahead and take a look at them if you missed out. And even on that page, because they had us throughout the day, you know, talking to you guys and saying what's coming up next, they should even put that on there. So if you want to just watch me in India uh, <laughs> do our little commercial, you can see that as well. Right. For sure. A really, really great weekend. Now, um, besides the race, a lot has happened in these last two weeks. Um, which one you want to start with world records? Or you want to start with London? Which one you want to start with? We can go into London. Let's get London out the way because I All know right. that was something London that calling. Was... Yes. <laughs> so now um, the London Marathon, you know, took place. Uh, was it this past week? No, it was the weekend before last um, yes. that it took place. Um, it was run on a loop course and myself and India and a few other people, we kind of had a Zoom watch party. So we watched the women and the men's uh, London Marathon. Um, let's start with the women since they were the first ones to run anyway. So we can start there. Yeah, I definitely. So I was really, really excited about the race. I think it was um, it's always interesting seeing international races on TV um, because you they focus on different um, athletes than the people in the U.S. And so it's always interesting because we will be we will be interested in seeing U.S. runners or different runners than the people that are um, that they actually use, usually give a little bit more TV time. But definitely congratulations to Bridget Kotsky for taking the win. I know she ran a 218 and some change um, taking on first. And listen, Tommy, that finish for second place was just amazing. Um, Sarah Hall definitely kicked it in and she gave a punch at the end and was able to do second place. I think we were looking at her potentially doing third, but she pulled it in for second. Um, and I'm just really, really happy for her. I know that a lot of people are, you know, speaking of her age and things of that nature, but she is the, she is, she took the second place um, position but she was, it's been a while since someone from the U.S. was able to get on the podium for the London Marathon. So I think that that's amazing. So, of course, Bridget did well the entire race. She stayed up in the front of the pack. But then, of course, Sarah had to really push her way to get that second place. So congratulations. I think it was a really good finish to watch. It was an amazing, I mean, pretty much the women's race, when it's playing. Like you said, Bridget Cosgate, she was in the front. She stayed in the front. She finished in the front. I mean, the, the winner, there was nothing. But the way Sarah came back, it was, because honestly, you know, because we were watching it, the way the camera angle was, to me, it didn't look like there was any way she was going to catch um, catch um, the uh, Ruth uh, Chiptekit, I think was yes. the young lady's name that she ended up uh, passing. It didn't look like it at all. And then at one point, I was like, there was just no way. But she really... Doug, and I think everybody, whether you're talking about a recent race um, as an adult or just when you were a kid, everybody has had that dig down deep feeling. That's what right. she just came, just dug down. Because I saw when she kicked it in, um, I was like, okay, she's kicking it in. She's going to get a better time. But there was no way until she literally actually passed her that I thought Sarah Hall was going to beat that woman. I, I was really like, yeah, it's just too much, it's too much space. There's not enough time. Too much space, not enough time. Too much space, and then bam, there's Sarah Hall, second place. So right. it was, it was an amazing finish, and I got, you know, you got to tip your hat to it. Exactly, and I think the way that they, the, the the announcers were talking, it did seem like it was a lot of space. Like they were really focusing on, 
it being a little bit more space. And they were like, oh, she'll pull up the, for third. And then just like literally a, a less than a 400 meters away, she kicked it in and was able to take take second place. Yeah, so, so congr so, congratulations know, to her. Amazing finishes like that. And that is just awesome. Yeah, uh, congratulations to her because uh, that was amazing. I know, I, I know you were talking like about, you know, who they were showing because it was, because I remember we kept seeing them flash the British runners and we kept yes. going, can we go back to the leader? Why are we, why are we seeing these people? But, you know, it, it's their marathon. So I guess I can understand because we do the same thing mm -hmm. in the New York marathon. We, we, even though there's no Americans in the top three, we keep, we'll flash to whoever the next American is. Um, so, you know, I kind of, I kind of understand that, that part of it there. Um, but it was, I thought it was put on pretty well, considering it was, you know, for what they had, they put on a pretty good race, um, for what they had to do. Uh, I, I thought it was amazing because how many times did they have to go in that loop? I forgot. Was it 19? Something? Yeah, it was like 18, 19 times. Yeah. So if you could only imagine doing a loop course and having to go that many times, you would probably be a little burnt out too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that takes some mental strength to be going through around those loops um, that many times. Exactly. Now let, let's get let's get into the men a little bit. Um, I really feel bad for the winner of the London Marathon because I'm sure everybody that's listening by now knows that Kipchoge did not win the London Marathon. That he he. I don't even know what time he has, but I want to say, did he come in seventh? Something like that. Mm -hmm. Something like that. But I feel bad for the winner because unfortunately for the winner, the story is always going to be about Kipchoge. You know, it's because it, that's, I have seen very few articles about the actual winner. I've seen, you know, at least 20 articles about Kipchoge since London Marathon. But mm -hmm. the gentleman that won was Shuri Titigay, and he did it in two hours, five minutes and 41 seconds. Um, but with Kipchoge not winning, I, all I can say is you always you got to run the race. That's why I don't let paper tell me who's going to be the champion. You got to get out there and run. And it was weird because I don't think the other runners really thought something was wrong with him. Because for a point there, and I think we even said it when we were sitting around, when we were watching the Zoom, that it was like they were scared to leave it. Mm -hmm. Like they were scared to just, you know, go ahead and pass him. And then eventually somebody just said, okay, this pace is way too slow. And I also wondered, did Kipchoge kind of slow down because he knew he didn't have it that day and he didn't want to hamper anybody else because he knows they're going to wait on him. They know they're, he knows they're not going to just take off from him knowing who he is um, because at just one point, he just completely slowed down and then they took off and eventually that was the end of the race. But um, it, was, it was definitely a surprise to see him not win that race. Yeah, I definitely think it was definitely it was a surprise. I think when when I didn't see him kind of pushing through and leading the pack like he usually does, it was definitely very interesting to watch because Kipchoge is not really a sit in the back of the pack type guy. He is a runner that is going to be out front and stay out front. And that's how he's been running over the last couple of years. It's like that's just what he does. Um, and he kind of get he wants people to come get in the front with him. Um, he's not really one of those, let me sit in the back and then pick it up. So, you know, I think that it just showed us that everyone has their day, whether it's a marathon or a 5k, there are just sometimes where you just don't have it in you. Um, and I think that we just have to respect that, that, you know, I feel like that it just was not Kipchoge's day, but I don't think it's over for him. Oh, no, I don't think it's over. It would take two races for me to say that, but, yeah. um, no, at this point, I don't think it's because he seems to have a reason why 
it wasn't just like, you know, I just couldn't pull it together um, kind of thing. He did seem to have a reason why something about his ear um, or something like that. But I will be interested to see him in his next race. Yeah, so he said that he mentioned that it just, it was it like it popped or it was off. And of course, as every, I don't know if everyone knows, but I, if you have anything wrong with your ears, it really can affect your equilibrium and staying on balance. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. You know, so I, it would be very difficult to to run how you usually would if, you, if you're feeling that way. And I know it can add to nausea and everything else. So, and it was raining, the weather was not the best. So we have to, you know, understand everybody has their days, but it was a really good race. And even the end of the race for the men's was a good push. Yeah. Um, second and third, it was neck and neck as well. Like both of those races was a, a heck of a finish. True. It definitely was uh, a, a heck of a finish. Um, but, you know, basically, uh, I enjoyed watching the London, regard, you know, regards to Chip Kogi, Chip Kogi, I can't even say his name, uh, in, in regards to be one or not. I was going to enjoy watching the races. I enjoy watching elite athletes do anything. I mean, I enjoy watching elite runners, elite basketball players, elite football players. I always enjoy watching them perform at their at their highest level. Yes, it was definitely a good time. In, Go uh, international races. So Tokyo has finally announced that they are moving their race to October 17th, 2021. Tokyo is usually in March. And so with that move, that is very interesting, which to me is to be expected um, that they're going to move it latter part of the year. Um, honestly, at this point, I don't know, Tommy, I'm, I'm kind of feeling like 2021 might be a wash too with big races. So you're thinking a lot of them, you're thinking more, well, you know, now that London was able to get it done, I don't know if maybe some of the other races start to look at that concept, mm-hmm. you know? Um, now, I think there may be an elite concept to it, but I don't think for the full field. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, course yeah. I don't think it's going to be until, like, 2022. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on it. Probably not going to be the full the full field or as far as, you know, um, am, I, I guess I would say amateur runners um, right. in there, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, you know, like you and I are getting ready to do a race in November, the 10 miler. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, I mean, maybe these races are too big to do kind of do that. Like what they're going to do for like the Atlanta track club is going to do. Um, mm-hmm. these races might be too big, but they may find, maybe they'll have to cut down the amount of people, but they may find ways to, to include, you know, non elite athletes in some of these races. Yeah, uh, I think that that's going to have to happen across the board because even the 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 ten miler that you and I are doing in November, it's a cap number of racers. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only a certain amount of people that can start in each wave. Social distancing, no spectators. So there's a lot of things that are changing um, in regards to how the races are being ran. So I, I I think that Tokyo probably could execute an elite type thing, but it's I think it also depends on the ability and what it kind of looks like in Tokyo to be able to, to section off some areas like that, because I think that that's the big deal too. And even with some of the races here, a lot of the places we can't get permits, street permits. So they're not doing road work. What we're doing is on a track or uh, um, the Michelin track and for race cars. So everybody's having to be strategic or doing more like cross country style trail races in order to get races done. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, I think necessity is what, you know, I'm sure you would go to necessity is the mother of invention. When you put people in certain situations, you know, usually the human spirit, we find a way to get things done. So 
I'm hoping even if we're still in this pandemic uh, era, I guess the only thing I can, I can call it where we're still being really careful that these race directors um, and these race um, clubs maybe find ways to still get us out, you know, because I'm sure everybody's still third crazy on, you know, I, I mean, I do, I do virtual races, but trust me, I'd rather run in a race race. Um, Seriously. So yeah, and I'm not really into virtual races, so I'm ready for an in-person race, but not too many people. Like I like how the capping off, I think I'm going to feel comfortable at the race that we're participating in. I actually got um, an email. I've run, I run, there's a half marathon in Orlando that I've run um, mm -hmm. and that runs around what we, it's a place called Lake Yola, which is our version of Piedmont Park kind of thing in Orlando. Um, but there's a half marathon that I've run down there and they sent me an email that they have got the permits to do it. But the way they're doing it is um, it's kind of a, I guess you call it an open start um, where they're not having everybody line up at one time and, and shoot the gun. It's a rolling start. So you can kind of just stand back and just kind of start that way to kind of do some social distancing. Um, mm -hmm. And then they're also stating that, you know, it's after most races, they have the after party where even the spectators and everybody come. Well, this one only races will be allowed in and you would have to wear a mask um, to it. So like I said, they, they come up with, people are trying to come up with ways to get this done. Now, this is Florida, of course, where, you know, Florida, you know, Florida's a little open. <laughs> They've been way open for probably too early, but uh, that's the, what they sent me to, to have done. I have been thinking about maybe, because that's a race I'd like to go do in December, and then I get to see my family and things like that. So I've been thinking about it, but I'm not sure. Well, that's nice. Be ready to go. <laughs> I see, you know, it's nice to get down there. I mean, if, if I'm in Orlando, I do because it's it's so flat. It's a great place to run. So that's why I would mm -hmm. really like to really like to do it. But I mean, even with like even with the race we're gonna run in November, the 10 miler, it's no spectators, it's no gathering afterwards, which is kind of what you like to, you know, especially the 10 miler. When they, you know, after the 10 miler, usually everybody's right there in Atlantic Station. You know, everybody's usually hanging out. Usually we go get something to eat, you know, that, that kind of thing. That won't be happening this time. No, it won't be happening. I think it's just, it's it's definitely going to be very, very, very strange. Um, but I mean, I think it's going to be good. I think I'm excited because I'll at least be able to see you guys at the start because majority of the friends that I know that are running, we're all starting in the same corral. Yeah. Um, so I'll at least get to see that and see y'all lap me a couple times around the track. And, you how know, far? How big is the track? How many laps we got to do? We have to do a little over two, almost three laps for the ten. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of loop races, but I understand <laughs> yeah. what's going on. That's not, you know. That's what I, I was actually saw Tommy. There's a video. So Atlanta Track Club did a video of the track. Jay Holder, our friend Jay Holder of Atlanta Track Club, he actually did a video of the track. Go check it out, but uh, don't get discouraged, and I better see you on race day. Oh, I'm still going to come. Because <laughs> um, it definitely that. was a video I was like, <gasps> <laughs> Just Thanks. take it slow. I mean, you know, just take it slow and easy. So, I mean, you know, that's, that's kind of the way you got to do it. Just take it slow and easy. It always wins the race. Yep, um, it'll be a good time. Yeah, so it, it'll be a good time. Um, that's kind of what I was thinking, uh, the old Michelle Obama trail. It wasn't really hilly. It was rolling hills. 
but you know, it's an out and back. And I, you know, I don't really like out and back races, but then I was like, you know what, what I hate more than out and back races is loop races. And here we okay. go, I got one coming. But yeah. uh, anyway, so um, you did uh, talk to us a little bit about this event that you, well, virtual event you got to go to. Yeah, so I actually, um, a lot of people may know about Myrna Valerio. Um, she is a trail runner here and she actually lives in Georgia, um, but she lives like in North Georgia um, in the mountainous area, but she is a trail runner and she is also, to me, what I consider an activist for um, kind of your back of the pack runners, your um, your people, people would consider her plus size runner, but she's very adamant and act and is a big activist for who she is. I am a runner. I get out here. She said, I'm a runner. I'm a mom. She's a, she's also an opera singer. And she also, um, is an ultra marathoner. Um, so I was able to say, um, REI, which is the, um, sports store that's kind of like Dick's, um, they did a video on, of her in 2017 um, and they did a this last this past week they did a panel discussion with her and a couple other people Allison Desure, uh was also involved in it um, to discuss the video that she made so this video was up on YouTube if you want to check it out it's on REI's page it's called Mernavator M-I-R-N-A-V-A-T-O-R um, in this video so what they explained was REI was basically doing some segments of different runners from different experiences and they were they asked a, a film director to basically pitch to them some and a good story about a runner athlete triathlon uh, triathlete excuse me ultra marathoner and the director explained that she picked Myrna um, and so when they first picked Myrna it was initially so expo supposed to be about race and inclusion and how they're very limited um, runners ultra marathoners that are african-american and that was kind of like their take. And Myrna explained that she wanted to also talk about her size as being a concern, um, being an ultra marathoner and how people, you know, it is, it's less individuals that may be of a plus size that are also ultra marathoners. And the director said that she did not want to touch on that subject. Um, and so they ended up discussing that they were gonna keep it in regards to race. Now on the day of the filming, Myrna was going out to do her first 50 miler um, race and, or 50K race, excuse me, going out to do her first 50K race. And when she was out doing the 50K race and she was on her last loop, she received an email from a random stranger basically telling her that she was a fraud and that she was worth nothing. And, you know, talking about her size and everything and just really, really demeaning and down, downplaying her. And so the movie transitioned or the, the, the little movie clip transitioned into a, from a race thing to a body size and inclusivity type thing. And so it was a great conversation being able to watch Myrna just kind of explain and discuss how we really need to do better with in inclusion in regards to size and weight. Um, and she said that it was very interesting that REI pitched and were, was accepting to have Myrna on the panel or even have a movie about her being that REI at that time in 2017 did not even have clothes for her size in their stores. 
And so Myrna basically said to them, if you all are gonna be behind me doing a movie about this, then you all need to change and be more inclusive in your stores and be more careful about the brands that you have in your stores to include more individuals of a different, you know, of a different size. And so since then, REI has stepped up to the plate to be more inclusive. Myrna is now involved and engaged in, um, and basically going and doing different product reviews, you know, showing people what are the things that that plus size runners need, the type of types, the type of bras, the type of material, the different issues that we deal with. And she's now basically been an advocate for that. And, you know, there was a big discussion as far as why brands don't, um, why they miss a whole population of individuals that, um, that they could be marketing to. And it's not that we're not out there running, but there are some individuals that are plus size that have to wear men's clothes because they can't find women's clothes that are available, you know, and vice versa. So it was really good to, to hear and hear her talk. And of course, communicating about being inclusive um, in regards to size. Gotcha. Okay. Well, now what did, did, did REI like comment on why, or did anybody comment on that side of it of why they don't market or don't, you know, have those clothes in the store? Did anybody actually talk about it there wasn't from a the REI side? Yeah, there wasn't a direct comment on that. REI was a part, was a part of the night. Okay. They didn't directly comment on that. It was more so around, REI did explain that they are, they have basically gone forward with working on getting more brands and being more inclusive. Um, and I think that that's awesome. And I think that because the film was made in 2017, it's interesting that from 2017 is when that process started. And here it is 2020, and we're still having this large conversation about it, that it needs to be done. Um, but I think that it's good that it's, it is being done and more inclusivity is being had. Okay, sounds like a nice panel. You said who yeah. else was on there? Stadium. Who else did you say was on the panel? Allison DuJour, um, which is Harlem Run and One for All Women um, founder. So Allison, the Murnivator, the director of the show, as well as Faith. She's also a runner and marathoner um, in up north areas. So she's really good. And a lot of them, you know, work for a lot of the main shoe companies as well. And they're doing a lot of work with diversity and inclusion. Okay. All right. Now that kind of jumps right into the Running Industry Diversity Coalition um, that, uh, what day did they come out? Cause I know they just came out recently. Yeah, so the Running Diversity Coalition, let me give you the exact date that they actually launched. I was really excited, um, really, really, really excited about it. It's so funny, they, Running, Diver Running Diversity popped up on my social media and I was like, what is this? And they had not yet posted anything. Um, and so it was one of those things where it's like, you know, you go back and it, it, uh, you go back and you're like, okay, well, they hadn't posted anything. I'll give them a follow. I don't know what's going on. But on last Thursday, on the 8th, they actually launched what exactly was uh, Running Diversity Coalition. So I'm really excited about it. So it's a it is a coalition that's going to work to be more equitable and inclusive in the running community. So it comprises of brand um, brand retailers and individuals that represent the Black Indigenous people of color and helping them to work together. 
um, as well as helping to amplify inclusion in different roles. So they'll be doing workshops. They're going to have conversations about representation, product testing, having different roles in ambassadorships, um, DEI and anti-racism trainings, um, communications on employment, and ensuring that there's more people that are Black, Indigenous, people of color that are in the running industry. So I'm really excited because it's basically a whole initiative to ensure that a lot of brands and a lot of companies, as well as individuals, are getting on board with diversity and inclusion. And it's not just a Black or African American thing. And that's what I love about it. You know, diversity is about any individual that is a person of color. Um, and so I'm really excited about that. A couple of the brands that are on, on online with them are Brooks and Hoka One One, of course, Run For All Women, Fleet Feet, and Gazelle Running, um, Gazelle Sports, which is also a part of the initiative. So there's some pretty good brands that are behind them and that are gonna be doing, they're gonna be doing some inclusive things. Um, if you are an individual or a brand, you can go to their website, which is runningdiversity.com and you can sign up for the coalition as well. Yeah, so they give you an option to uh, to join. I, I do want to um, check out some of their, because uh, I see only, so far, they only have one that has a date on it, but I see they're going to have quite a few workshops and discussions um, that I'm very interested in, in hearing and attending. Um, yeah, I'm assuming so it's going to be virtual. Yeah, so they are going to be doing some virtual, virtual workshops, and the first one is going to be October 28th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and it's, it's definitely going to be about inclusion and diversity. And I think it's really, really good that we have these conversations and have them come from different areas. Um, I know there are a lot of different people that are having conversations and ha having magazines out and different things that are coming out in regards to diversity, but to have brands also behind it, I think it's a huge, it's a huge mood and I'm looking, looking forward to seeing what else they have. I know that they sent out a message, you know, I did sign up to be able to help, but I did, they did send out a message that they got an overwhelming amount of individuals that want to be involved. And I can't wait to hear what um, further involvement they're going to need and what that's going to look like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I did hear about even before, because I wasn't sure if this was exactly the same thing, because I had already heard that Brooks and, you know, Hope the Oni Oni um, had signed on some, but I wasn't sure this was what it was, but um, I'm glad to see that, you know, they do have major brands behind them, um, kind of that have realized, hey, we, you know, make money off of people of color, we should make this a more inclusive industry. So um, that, that should definitely be interesting. Yeah, and I think for me, that's the biggest thing right now. And, you know, I, I honestly, the other day I was telling somebody, you know, we give, let me say this, a lot of people Hoka for one, Hoka One One is really, to me, been the front runner of the diversity and inclusion. And I'm so glad to see Brooks on, on, the, on, on it as well. But they have really been taking some big strides in regards to that. And I'm hoping I can find a, another Hoka shoe that actually works for me because I would like to continue, start to give some coins to them um, because we have to you know, give money to the companies that actually are, are including us and doing the work behind the scenes and not just putting up pictures here and there. True, that that definitely is true. I agree with you. Yes, so definitely check them out. Um, anyone that's on social media on Instagram, it's called Running Diversity and that is also their website. And they actually have their full story on there. Everyone that is a, is a, a part of the organization 
um, and they'll give you a little understanding. They also have a, re a resource tab that kind of give you resources for different books, online social media platforms that you can follow to get more information about diversity and inclusion. And it's just going to be a whole, a whole situation that's going to be good. And I think that there's going to be a lot of good things that come out of it. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, even if you're not into running, maybe you should go take a look at this and see how this is being done. So whatever you are into, whether that be, I mean, it doesn't have to be sports, anything, anything that you're into that you feel like that um, people of color are not being represented, this might be a good thing to look at to see how they're getting this done. Right, exactly. Seeing how it's being done, the people that are being included, <laughs> like, you know, what exactly is being done and what's the best way to go about it? Because, you know, at the end of the day, if we're not talking about it at all, we're not, we're not doing what needs to be done. And I just feel like we definitely need to take the time to do what we can and one step at a time, it may not be perfect, but any any conversations about it is better than none. True. True that, true that. Now, yeah. uh, so we did have some world records uh, last week. Um, a 10K world record went down and a 5K world record went down. Um, uh, let's start with the 5K. The young lady, today, uh, uh, she ran 14.06. Um, and I saw the race. It was really, I mean, I don't think they can see the lights, but it was really cool because this was kind of a, I, I don't know how you call it, a closed race. I don't think it was, it wasn't, she didn't have a pacer, I don't think, but it was a race that was set up to run world records in Valencia. Um, and they had the little lights that showed you the actual world record pace that was going alongside of her. And she just right. started pulling away from the lights. Um, she's only 22 years old. But she ran this 14.06 and she broke a record that was 12 years old. Wow. Yeah. Yes. She, yes. She, uh, she did her thing. I had, I had, and even the announcers were like, she made that look so easy. Even the yes. announcers were like, the way she did it, it just, it just, I, I mean, I know it wasn't because I think at the end, they kind of took the camera away from her, but she kind of broke down at the end after mm -hmm. she had finished and they kind of took the camera away and started showing, you know, the highlights of the actual race. But uh, so we know it was not easy, but yeah, she did make it look. Definitely. And I was very, very, very excited for her. Um, she just recently joined social media since she made that world record. So <laughs> it's really, good to, really, really good to see that and good to see her do that world record. And, it, you know, it's just, I feel like 2020 is definitely, I mean, the amount of world records that have been broken this year is just amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then the world record breaker himself, Chip the guy, um, he just recently broken the men's 5k record, which um, I want to say was a Bekele record. He comes along and now breaks Bekele's 10k record. Um, he runs the 10k in 2611 on that same track that the young lady had run on earlier. Um, right. And once again, I mean, in, you, you can't really say for sure that he's going to be able to translate that into marathons and I mean it does, if he never does it would not matter because he's a world record holder but right. usually 10k runners are good marathons usually they're usually can can make that leap from 10ks to marathons once their days on the track are done because that's exactly what Kipchoge and Bekele have done um Mo fair not so much but he still has time um mm -hmm. So we may be seeing him uh, breaking marathon world record. He might be the guy that runs under two hours on a, on, in, in, a, in like a London marathon or a New York marathon. 
Yes, you never know. I mean, he he scribed, he came came away with Bekele, both two of Bekele's world records. And I just think that, you know, he did it. And, you know, I know he did have pacers, um, but the pacers split out at a, um, around 5K. And I know that they wanted him to stay around. I watched it. They actually had it streaming live on YouTube. And mm-hmm. it was just really, really great to see the full, him do it. Um, and just like the young lady that you mentioned, they had the lights to where it, you know, it, they, it kind of showed them world record pace and he was picking it up. And I know that he was, he did whatever he could to stay within um, the time and he actually did it. And he came under a couple seconds to break the record. And I just think it was a, it was a great, great job. He didn't look like he was, he, there was no grimace. Like he just really was like, knocking it out lap after lap after lap which is very different too when you're running it on a track versus running it on the streets it's just a different feel it does have you ever tried have you ever run 10k on a track yes i have and it was not fun man doesn't it feel like you are never getting off the track never it just ending circles yeah and and but i don't feel like even when i'm running the peace street which is probably the hardest 10k uh you know i've ever run is the peace Street road race mm-hmm. um you know even when i run the peace street i don't feel like it's a never-ending thing but when I'm on a track I feel like okay I just want to stop I just want to stop I don't want to do this anymore I just, why am I doing this kind of thing yeah. so I, I give exactly. much credit to, to, right. to middle distance runners that do it on the track exactly and I just think that you know when it comes to a track even for me 5k is enough on a track like it's just it's too many laps it's really just too many laps um, for me so I definitely think it not only takes a different mental focus but even physically when you're running at the same there's no rolling hills your body is not turning over with different muscles you're using the exact same one you know i think that that too is something that middle distance runners it's just a different type of push than road racing yeah most definitely most definitely but congratulations yes congratulations and Dottie um jitty that did those world records so great job great job great job Yes, indeedy. Yes, indeedy. So what you got up next? Is it is it the 10 miler? Is that your next race? Yep, that's it. So that's- the 10 miler and then I'm doing a virtual half, I think. <laughs> the noon, um, um, noon virtual half. Oh, okay. Yeah, you did. Yeah, the week after uh, the 10 miler. So we'll see. We'll see how my body feels. Um, so I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the 10 miler, but that's all I have up next. So just training for that and just trying to stay focused. I, I definitely had a training plan that I was that I was going after, but I think after doing that seven days for five days, it kind of threw me off of my consistency and you know, the not threw me off the consistency, just threw me off on the miles. Um, but it definitely worked out. So I'm still training, pump, pumping away and doing what I can. I'm glad the rain cleared out here in Atlanta so that I can hopefully get some more runs in this week sure yeah i'm gonna get back on the horse for the 10 miler uh you know hopefully i just want to go out i mean i'm not trying to run any pr that's going to get out there and you know be able to enjoy it you know what i mean that's the main thing i want to look for is get out there even though it's going to be hilly still to be able to be in the shape where i can at least enjoy it where i'm not like cussing the day i signed up definitely i yeah i'm not trying to pr i just want to to finish straight um standing straight up Definitely exactly. want to finish straight, um, finish straight up. So exactly, exactly. You got yes. anything else for us, India? Um, I want to tell people go vote. <laughs> yes, y'all go vote. Go it's vote early voting time, so yeah, yes. get out there and vote. 
Um, stand in line. It's okay. You good. Yes. You should be able to get time. It's 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 the law. You have to be able to get time off of work. Yeah. Uh, to go vote. So don't call and don't be talking. Well, I didn't vote because I couldn't get time off my job. Yeah, you can get time off. Go vote. Um, put your ballot in. Did you hear Shaquille O'Neal has never voted until this year? Him and Snoop Dogg. What the hell is wrong with y'all? So, so this is my thing on that. <laughs> what the hell? When first I heard, I was all, like, what? First of all, him and Snoop Dogg. So first of all, it's very, it's very sad. Yes. That you're that old that you don't, that you have never, I wouldn't say old, but you, you are in that place and you have the ability to be knowledgeable about why it's important to vote and you don't vote. Oh, you should say, oh, both of them, at least in their 40s. At least. I don't want to call. Sorry, that's Coco Bar. What up, Coco? Coco's saying the same thing. Go vote. Yeah, go vote. Um, All right. Sorry, guys. Um, So, yeah, like, like, please go vote. Um, But, yes, I just think that that's unfortunate. Um, I definitely... I probably have an unpopular opinion about it as well. And that is, I don't know if celebrities that have money per se dip into the, like for me, the reasons why I vote, there's a lot of issues in our country in regards to finance, in regards to medical medic, medical insurance accessibility, in regards to um diversity and inclusion issues like there's so many different issues that as to why I vote and one of the main ones is because back in the day I couldn't vote as a woman and as a black woman I couldn't vote however I don't know if I know that there's I don't know if there's some celebrities that kind of take themselves out of that box because financially they don't have to worry about some of the issues that a mainstream American has to worry about because they do have the money but I still feel as if that's not enough like that's not an excuse to not Look. vote and that's the only reason in my mind that I can try to understand why they don't vote is that they feel like it doesn't vote doesn't matter or some of the issues that a lot of people are complaining about they can just write a check and not have to worry about it like I don't know like I don't even know how to wrap my mind around why celebrities like that have not voted for so long screw that I don't give a damn how celebrity you are if you are an African-American in the United States, way too many people died just so you had the right to vote. I mean, and, and my thing is, if you don't understand how important voting is, look how hard they fight to try to keep us from voting. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? Because they know voting is power. So right. I don't care what shacks you my thing is, once you make the kind of money that Shaq and Snoop do, why wouldn't you vote? Because that's your taxes. Right. You really, you can lose so much money in taxes with the kind of money they make. Why would you not want to be involved in the people who are making the decisions of how much money they're going to take? How much? How- and, and I mean, you go either way. If they want to be Republicans, that's their business. But my right. point is, the fact that you don't use your voice is ridiculous. Yeah, and I think that that's my thing too. When you have such a following, like when celebrities are not, 
explaining go vote and i'm not telling you celebrities to tell people who to vote for but just exercising your right in general is what's important and i feel like when you have when you have that status it's important to to really use it to an to its advantage and to get people out to the polls so and my this and look y'all can take this way you want to as i said my big thing is how many people i mean my my family was involved during those time periods when, you know, we really would get our heads knocked in just to try to go vote. And I have relatives who did get their heads knocked in just trying to go vote, to use their right to go vote. Mm -hmm. So to me, even if I'm going to the polls and I don't like anybody on the ballot, which has happened in local, you know, sometimes local stuff, I'm like, okay, none of y'all good. I write in my name. So just go, write your own damn name in, but go vote regardless. Yeah. Just be in and because you have the right. And it totally makes sense. So yes, everyone get out and vote. Do what you need to do. Get out and vote. They are still trying to suppress the votes in in, in certain areas um, in different ways. I know I've heard some stories lately where there's some individuals that have gone to go vote in predominantly black areas and they only have like three machines. And someone in their family member went in more a predominantly white area and they had like 20 machines. So it's stuff like that that is unacceptable and you know people that are waiting in line at a place that has three machines are going to be out there for hours like that's going to take forever and that's just their way different their way of suppressing votes and not allowing things to to go as needed but we just have to stay strong and make sure that we get our votes in exactly yes 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 but that's all nothing else running but you all definitely make sure you go vote <laughs> yes run to the polls there run you go to the polls if you run need to the polls go ahead run you know do your stretches while you're waiting vote right. and then run home yes 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 speaking of stretches check out my youtube video this week i did my post run stretch routine on there so definitely check that out i know stretching is something that we tend to neglect as runners but i wanted to make sure i showed my routine so that some people can hopefully use it as their base for stretching after their runs as well yeah exactly did you did one on stretching before didn't you uh-uh you have, do you stretch before you run? Yeah, I mean, I did a video and I did some stretches before I ran, but that wasn't mm -hmm. like- a, It wasn't a stretch, no. I'm just asking in general, do you yeah, stretch yeah. before you run? Yeah, 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 I do. I do, I do dynamic stretches. I don't do the same. The stretches that I did for the video this week, I would not do those post, I mean, pre-run, before a run because it can mess up muscles, so yes. And, and listen, people, that's coming from Coach India Cook, so. <laughs> Listen, we didn't have coach's corner this time, but it's coming. Let me, I'm gonna get them, I'm gonna get the music together. We're gonna have a coach's corner. Yes, we need to have a coach's corner. The first one could be the differences between dynamic stretches and static stretches, and why it's important. <laughs> there you go. All right, well, we will see y'all again in two weeks. But before we go, India, if they want to get in touch with you to talk to you about your blog, how would they do that? Yeah, so you can find me on YouTube at Miles from India and on my Instagram at I underscore of underscore Indigo, which is E-N-D-I-G-O underscore run. So that's I of Indigo run. And if you would like to hit me up about anything else, you can hit me up at Miles from India at gmail.com. And you can reach me at Thomas W. Mitchell, the number two at gmail.com. Dmitch68 on Instagram and um, of course, yeah. Um, all right, y'all. Well, we'll see y'all in a couple of weeks. Yes, peace. Y'all take care. Later.